Hi, I'm Rochelle Jackson, and this is The Crime Couch. I'm an investigative journalist and true crime author, and I know who's who in the zoo, the crims, the cops, and the interesting individuals in between. So get comfy and join me here on The Crime Couch. It's going to be one heck of a journey. The Crime Couch is proudly sponsored by Bank Vic. Pat Boyle is a highly credentialed detective superintendent who recently retired from Victoria Police. Pat's focused on criminal investigation, working in the fraud and extortion squads, criminal proceeds and e-crime squads, and the joint anti-child exploitation team. Pat's also been a detective in the organised crime, tactical response, Asian casino and prison squads, and the computer crime and special response squads. But it's his passion for street gangs that's led him into academia. He secured a Churchill scholarship to do further research into gangs, which led him to completing a master's. Welcome to The Crime Couch, Pat. Welcome, Michelle. Thanks for having me. Tell me, what sparked your interest in street gangs? Uh, Back in 2003, uh, I was on call and got called out. I was the inspector in charge of the Asian squad and any incidents in the city involving uh, um, the Asian community, which, which are of a violent nature, we're called out to. And I had a, a triple shooting in the city. A boy ran from the a local um, nightclub in Chinatown and then he was being attacked by quite a number of people. It's, it's a wonder he was going to survive. Then suddenly someone pulls up, walks up and pulls out a gun and shoots three of them. And uh, from there, I started looking at the fact that hey, this doesn't normally happen in Melbourne. If it does, it's usually involving a knife, uh, but a gun has escalated things a lot higher. So I started talking to my New South Wales colleagues and they said the same thing. They're starting to see the the same sort of activity. And from there, it started rolling on. I had three more incidences in Footscray area where people would organise to fight and they'd meet up and then suddenly decide, in this case, two cars meet up, and they decide to, no, this is not the right place to fight. They drive away, and then suddenly someone will pop out of the roof, sunroof and shoot at the car behind them. Then I had two more shootings at restaurants, uh, drive-bys, that sort of stuff, and I started thinking something has escalated in Victoria and uh, we need to see what is going on. Pat, how do you define a street gang as distinct from, say, a peer group? <sighs> There's got to be unity. There's got to be um, a form of um, purpose and uh, obviously crime is involved as well and antisocial behaviour. There's three or four points you have to think about. But um, the crime and the fear is, is, the, is the main part of it and the form of unity to do that. And people, you know, members when they're investigating got to establish, do we have a gang or don't we? And, and I use this theme that uh, gang today, gone tomorrow. Suddenly they're here but are they really a gang and how long did they last and suddenly they move on? And, and unfortunately, sometimes in the media, every second word is gang and it's not necessarily the case. And so you've got to really look at a, the descriptor that I formulated to, to decide whether you do or don't have a gang. And that's the only way you can do it. In your very interesting thesis, you said that street gangs are a growing concern but not an immediate threat, which I thought was really interesting. Mm. How much crime in Victoria 
is actually caused by young people, like, in other words, up to about 24 years of age? Uh, I say a significant amount. And uh, yes, I said that when I wrote that thesis in 2015, because what I was trying to say is that if we don't get on top of this, it's going to be on top of us. And now I feel that the, it was, it's, the threat is now here not necessarily an imminent threat anymore. It's, it's, it's happened. We, we still have an opportunity to get it right, but we have to get on top of it and gather the intelligence and establish what we do or don't have as being a gang. And then you've got to address those individuals. And a lot of the time, those individuals, dare I say it, are second, third generation, and they've come from a country that's where there's been concerns. And this is not just uh, relating to our, you know, um, our Sudanese population, the Horn of African population. This has happened. This is the typical gang in the US has all escalated from second, third generation. The first lot of people arriving, they're happy to be here. They want to be here. They're wrapped. They're in Australia. But then the next, the, the offspring, are confused, um, don't know where they sit. Some of them don't necessarily have a mum and dad. And they're looked after by auntie and uncle. And things happen. And unfortunately, uh, friendships start with people that probably shouldn't have started and they befriend those people and unfortunately they're then tied up in a, in a gang and uh, the next minute it's an escalation of violence and we've been seeing a lot of that violence lately and the amount of stabbings that are happening lately is really, really concerning. And Particularly uh, in the CBD, they're, they're occurring. <clears throat> yes, that's right. And yeah, I mean, I'm, uh, I'm only reading, I'm now looking from, <laughs> from, uh, uh, from afar now, whereas before I could be really diagnosing what was actually happening but this is what I didn't want to see happening and no one wants to see that happening but the point is you know it's the understanding why these kids think that nothing's going to happen when you use a knife it just doesn't make sense and I just wonder sometimes whether you know um, dare I say you know games and movies and things like that everyone seems to think that you know you ram a police car and you can drive away well no it doesn't happen like that if you put sick a knife in someone oh that's all right now i've got i've got another second life coming you know just like on a video game and i'm just wondering what the mentality is i know it's there for protection but it's actually there for assault because they're really they're, <laughs> they're looking for the fight not necessarily uh protect themselves from someone else and sometimes when you do protect yourself from someone else well you come off worse and i'll just it's really, really concerning, and I think we, there has to be some sort of education program. They had something like that in the UK. In Hackney, they had a real problem with knives, and they started a task force just looking at addressing knife-related crime. We have a similar unit here, but that's looking at firearms. So, Pat, to an outsider, what are the signals that say that I'm a gang member? Uh, well, you're obviously in a group, and everyone says, well, how many is that? Well, it could be three or more, usually in most cases. You're starting to, uh, I'm, I'm hoping that teachers would see this and social workers would identify it, but you're basically um, uh, antisocial, no respect for the police, virtually uh, hanging around in areas where they normally wouldn't be hanging around and causing an, an affront to people. Normally it's, it's just that presence alone that causes the problem. Everyone seems to think, oh, they've got to be wearing a, a, the same clothing, they've got to be um, um, have a name. It, 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 it's all nice to have that. They're all little factors that we, will help to identify a gang, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's, it is the case. So it's, it's this antisocial behaviour, which a lot of kids get antisocial habit, but when it escalates and it's over a period of time, one incident doesn't make a gang member. It's got to be a continual type incident, types of, of, of behaviour, and obviously there's got to be a unity of some sort. 
And if they want to use an identifier of some sort, well, that's even escalating it even further into that category that that's what they're doing. Some kids experiment, but other time, so you've got a peer group, next minute you've got a, you know, uh, got a gang, next minute you've got organised crime because they're just moving up and up. Do you have to commit crimes, Pat, in a street gang? Like, is that a definer? Uh, yes, it's, it is. The antisocial behaviour is probably... Um, can be defined in different ways, you know, swearing in the street and uh, just, you know, damaging property and those sort of things. But the escalation has to be some form of crime. Otherwise, it's not necessarily a, a street gang. And the type of crime is another thing. Well, yes, you've got to start shoplifting, um, stealing cars, aggravated burglaries, uh, those sort of things is when you start really looking at whether is this just a bunch of kids that really need to be pulled in in and talk, spoken to, or these guys got to be arrested and, and um, prosecuted. One of the interesting things I read too in your thesis is about the role of females, and I, I'm curious to know where do females fit in the typical street gang? Some of them are used to carry weapons on behalf of others, they're, they're pawns. In some cases, some of them actually uh, cause more aggravation to, the, to their boyfriend in the sense of pushing them along to commit certain offences, especially when uh, there's been an incident, say a fight or something like that, or there's been some sort of aggression. That, that seems to be one of the th- key points as well, uh, pushing, and next minute they've, had, they've just gone ahead and done it. But some of the girls can be more violent than the males and, uh, and harder for the police to manage. That makes it really, really hard. Bank Vic was founded by police in 1974 to help members get a better deal on banking. Things are better today, but Bank Vic's purpose is the same. To serve the police better than the other banks with great rates and personal service. With a branch inside Victoria Police Centre and mobile lenders visiting stations or available by appointment, they're available where and when it suits you. Bank Vic get police because they've been helping them with their banking for nearly 50 years. To find out more, go to bankvic.com.au slash thecrimecouch. Bankvic is the trading name of Police Financial Services Limited, ABN 33087651661. Another question I've got is how much do Australian police forces know about street gangs? Because it seemed to me not a lot. I'd agree with you there. <laughs> I've lectured to oh, well over a thousand cops, and quite a few within you know, most, majority of those in Victoria Police. And I, I lectured to, in my earlier stage of learning about gangs, um, doing various presentations to um, analysts, so they could understand when they're gathering intelligence, what do we actually have? You know, all these things that make them aware about what a hand sign looks like and what a number looks what a, what does a number mean that's written on a wall we don't necessarily see as much of that in australia and it doesn't necessarily mean not necessarily means not there it's the fact that people don't necessarily understand what they're seeing and the combination of letters and numbers um, are, 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 are an identifier but it's not necessarily always going to be the case we we do things here differently but I lectured in uh, Northern Territory and to the Australian Crime Commission and all over Australia I've talked about this subject and people have walked away and said, 
hey, I'm looking at things now like graffiti differently than what I looked at it before. And it actually means something to me. But there is all different forms of graffiti. There are other experts out there who are so good on that stuff. I look at things where, where it's something, it's got to be a combination of about three letters and or some numbers. And you've got to sit down there and do the math. And what does you know two and three mean? Does that mean five and that's the fifth letter of the alphabet? Or am I looking for the 20th letter of the alphabet and the third letter of the alphabet? Or am I adding the three and two together and making five? It's it's it can go on and on, but you'll come up with an answer, and uh, it's more prominent in the US than it is here, but it's still something that you need to understand, and you need to understand the history. We don't necessarily have a lot of history here yet. Uh, we do with outlaw motorcycle gangs, but if you if it, with with street gangs, if you understand the history, you won't be able to understand how you should approach that person to talk about them because there's nothing better for that person to have feel uh, mutual respect. You know, yes, they're on the bad side, but hey, I want to get a, I want to get an outcome. So I need to understand what he or she's all about and build up that rapport. And uh, the respect goes both ways. You know, you might not like what they do, but the point is, uh, if you don't understand it, you're not going to get the answers and not understand what you're you're facing. In your research, Pat, uh, the you quoted an ex-cop, Wes McBride, who is the president of the Californian Gang Association. Oh, yeah. And you said in your research, he, he's quoted as saying, drugs sell, excitement sells, lifestyle sells. What motivates someone to be in a street gang? Sex, drugs, rock and roll. You know, <laughs> I might be sounding a bit flippant there, but really it's all to do with having something that you can't, you can't necessarily have or couldn't have till you actually joined the group. Now I've got it. But that could, be, that could go right back to just having friends that you didn't have, but they're not really your friends. You, they'll get locked up and those same alleged friends won't be visiting them in a youth training centre. Yeah, they won't be. That's all there is to it. So, And some of the, these kids can be tricked into joining into a gang and not realise they've been brought in. Now, that's, you know, uh, you know, say from violence at school, I will protect you. The next minute you're, you're in the gang. Or there's no choice because my brother's in the gang, my dad was, you know, and next minute it's, it's inherited, so to speak. But it is, it's, it is, it's a lifestyle thing till they get to the stage where really there's more than just the lifestyle. There's now the, the repercussions of, of prosecution for any defences that you might c- commit. But that's not going to happen until you're arrested. Until you know that, well then you're going to keep up that lifestyle till they get away with it because the thrill is there and you've done something with someone else. But uh, that's really what it's all about. It's financial gain and it, the big thing is, is uh, friendship and unity and I've got a mate now uh, that I didn't have before but they're not really mates. How important is it for gang members to be seen in public? In other words, to have like a territory? I, I would agree with that. It, it is is important but I don't know whether we're seeing as much of that here yet. In the US that was, that, that is, and the UK, it is well known but I'm not necessarily, the, the people who identify themselves with an area uh, whether they run around protecting it, or whether there's you know barriers where you know people um, from another gang going into another location um, would be a problem. It, it, it would be though in CGs. I don't know whether they're as coordinated as as that at this stage, but it doesn't mean it's not coming, and it doesn't necessarily mean it's not it's not necessarily happening. And I'm not aware because I'm not necessarily as close to as this as I'd, I'd like to be, um, but as I was. Um, so, but definitely in New Zealand, that's. That's all part of the, the, the territory is, a, is a, a big thing. And uh, I see more 
uh, gangs in in New Zealand um, than I necessarily see here, street gangs. And the good thing about New Zealand, though, are with the intelligence that they collect. Once they go, and you know, those gang members go into the prison system, they keep a real dossier of all the gangs that are in the prison system, which is really, really great to see. I don't necessarily see that as as strong here. And whether, you know, what are they basing it on again? What are you basing that the fact that that's a gang member? It, it can be used quite flippantly. In Melbourne, historically, we've always had gangs or pushers, I think they were called. Yeah. Back in Billy Longley's days, they were certainly called that. Do we currently have a street gang problem? Well, if you look at the incidents that have been happening a lot lately in relation to stabbings, if they are related to street gangs, well, then we do have some. We have concerns, definitely got concerns. I don't know whether those persons involved were or are, but uh, it appears that way. Um, and it's because it's, uh, uh, it's, it's not a single person. It's usually two or three or more that are together. And um, whether they identify themselves as a gang or not, that's the awkward thing as well, trying to work out, you know, was that incident gang-related because are they, are they actually a gang? But yes, we've got we've got more than what I talked about in 2015 when I finished this thesis, right. far more. And uh, but again, it's making sure that we're on top of it. And what do we actually really have? This gang that you say was existed, well, six months later, does it does it still exist? You know that that's what we have to stay on top of because a lot of these kids will move on. You know, and as they're getting older, uh, they form a relationship, they get a job. Um, and then the gang doesn't exist anymore. You know, that's the sort of thing that you really need to be aware of, to tell you the truth, and uh, to um, have the right intelligence to understand whether we do or don't have a problem. How are street gang members recruited? What's the normal MO there? Socioeconomic is one of the things. You won't find too many rich kids in gangs, though it has happened some years ago. There were a number of rich kids, and one of them, was actually just about running the youth training system at Parkville. He was that smart. And the governor there told me, this guy, if I could be on leave, this guy can run the joint. You know, so uh, they're there, but there's not, there's not too many. And most of them are, you know, uh, we had a lot of Asian gangs. I don't think we're seeing those anymore, but it doesn't mean they're not there. It doesn't mean, you know, like when, with the Asian squad when I was there, we would know. But I don't know if we know now. Um, but, but the others that stand out are the Horn of Africa kids. But not... It's, it's a shame, though, because it's only a small percentage. But unfortunately, they are so... They've got such presence about them. And there's fear immediately. When I was running the Asian squad, a reporter rang me and just said, oh, look, you know, uh, what's the go with these uh, the Asian gangs? I said, just because you saw four Asian kids walking down the street, they're not a gang. You wouldn't say that about four uh, uh, white kids, would you? And so what, what we, we can have a tendency to do the same thing here. And... Uh, but unfortunately, this minority is actually causing the problem and, and then it's causing the fear. And, um, you know, it doesn't take much to see a um, CCTV and, and someone running away that you realise that they're from a certain nationality. I talked about that in my thesis in the sense of, you know, uh, I think the um, African population looked at us, Victoria Police, as being, oh, I wouldn't necessarily call racist, but they, we say we're always finger-pointing at them. But then, um, then Deputy Commissioner Tim Cartwright came out and said, look, the facts are there, the figures are there. And um, Ken Lay was the same. He said, look, they're, they're there. It's not, you know, yes, it's small, but it's significant in the sense of the, the actions taken by them has caused 
real, real problems and it's causing fear. And that's the thing you've just got to stop, it's the fear. But it's just a matter of, it's got to be in the sense that anyone who's targeting these, these kids have got to understand how they operate. So you're one step ahead the whole time. Um, and I don't envy them. And, you know, policing now, compared to when I joined, uh, there was no such thing as ramming police cars, no such things as uh, you know, uh, the amount of violence towards police that there is now. It just wasn't there. So we have a different form of approach to policing now than what we've ever had before and the amount of um, support that we have and the, the tools that we have now to protect us, uh, protect, for officers to protect themselves is far more than, you know, uh, when I joined with a rubber baton and a, a handgun. <laughs> I think, uh, Pat, the community is generally aware of gangs, yeah. specifically because of what the media tells them, of course. But I noticed that even when I was working for Victoria Police, they've carefully always called them groups. Now, why was that level of denial there? Uh, it constantly frustrated me. And um, in some ways, I think it was um, politically correct, you know, for want of a better word, to not say that and maybe needed fact facts before they would come forward, which is totally understandable. You've got to have the facts. But at some stage you did have the facts and you still said groups. That slowly changed with through education and uh, accepting. And I think some still believed that we had the gangs but just never said that vocally. Yeah, that was that was the situation really. They, they, they knew it was there but they just didn't use that word. But then we've got to watch that we just don't use it just to, just to appease community and the media, just all oh, right, they're gangs. Well, no, don't you don't do that either. You base it on facts and not fiction. You know, it's just got to be um, that way. Otherwise, you're causing community fear by saying, "All oh, right, we're putting our hands up. They're all gangs," but they're they're not. And when, and, what, and when when they are, we've actually got to spell it out. But what we don't do, what we shouldn't do, is 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 always never mention the name of the gang. We can't do anything about our Atla Moa soccer gangs. Everyone knows the names of those. And if you had to use it in the sense of um, when you um, oh, application for bail or something like that or when you're putting the brief together to... But but don't promote that to the press. Don't give those names because what you've done, you have just given them uh, front page news. You've just given them kudos. And what's going to happen? The gang is going to increase in size. You know, I had that near the MCG. There was a fight there, and a lot of boys went there to have this fight. That's how they do it. They organise the fight, and it was all over a girl, a 14-year-old girl. One guy in gang member wanted to go at that girl and the other gang. And when they arrived, they thought, oh, there's only a few of them here. And they thought, great, we're going to win this fight really easy. And suddenly all these kids jumped out of trees like ninjas, and suddenly there's a fight. And so what they decided to do is say, hey, look, let's stop. You know, um, the way things used to work is that the best person in the gang, you know, the person who can steal the car, he's going to lead. And this, you know, um, it's basically saying that um, I say gang, gangs are leaderless. Uh, they're leaderful because everyone's a leader, but, but they don't want to be led. You don't want to be told what to do, but we'll be led by someone who can do something for the day to achieve a purpose. In this case, who's the best fighter? So the two, two fighters, one pulls out a machete, one pulls out a, um, uh, an axe, and they um, and they swing at each other, and uh, one takes the arm off of the other. Bang! So everyone um, it runs away in fear, you know, 
oh God, what have we just done? Police are called, and there we've got this boy with no arm and uh, the arm lying there. He's rushed off to hospital. Uh, at one stage, he denies that the arm is his, you know, to the surgeon. You know, it's just like, it's just weird. You know, it's just crazy, this stuff that goes on. But later on, you know, the guys from the Asian squad arrested about 30 of them, all at the county court. You imagine the dock with 30 in there. In time, they all walked away with um, you know, good behaviour bonds and supervision orders. But at the time, the press rang me and said, you know, what's the name of that gang? And I'd only found out about the name of that gang about two days beforehand because our method was to always use the analysts within the squad to debrief some of the criminals that we were bringing in to gather that more intelligence because the analyst knows about everything, whereas the investigator doesn't necessarily know about everything. So we gather more intelligence. And we found out the name of this gang and thought, oh, this is a new one. And then two days later, they were involved in an incident, so we were on top of it. Um, but I never released the name. It came up later, and that gang just escalated in size. That's just what it does. Pat, how do you tackle street gangs? How do you counter them, and how do you prevent them? Uh, well, we've got to educate our members to start with, to understand what they're looking at, and making sure that what you have is a gang and what isn't. We need to educate our social workers uh, our corrections officers, our teachers, we need to, and all of those are forms of intelligence that can be passed on um, to police or the right agency. And, and I'm saying that say now, police are not here to do everything. That's the problem. In, the, in Scotland, they recognise that in Glasgow, and they, um, a woman there, um, uh, McCluskey, she uh, was brought in to look at the way the Scottish police addressed. Um, the problems they had with gang violence. And at one stage, Glasgow per capita was the murder, murder capital of the world at one stage. And she looked at it and said, this is a health problem, but what are the health department doing about it? What is their role? You know, um, alcoholism, mental health, all those sort of domestic violence, all these sort of things that came together, which was forming uh, the gang members and realised it's, you know, the police officer will arrest that person, but who am I going to give it to now before we get to court? You know, court's going to be miles, you know, some time away, and then we bring the kid to court to prosecute them, and the magistrate said, well, what's been done for this kid in between? Well, nothing, and they're trying to look for assessments. What should be happening is that, you know, it's like working alongside a social worker. You know, I don't, we can't have hundreds of social workers working alongside police, but it'd be, in some cases it would be nice to be able to say, here you go, I've just brought this boy in or girl, and they've just done this. What can you do for them? And get on top of it now before you have to, to wait. Are we currently winning the war, if there is one indeed? Are we winning the war against the street gang problem? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think so. I mean, the response by Victoria Police with its, its unit and also other units out there within the regions now that are forming their own units to try and look at this problem are getting on top of it. It's just unfortunate, you know, it, it's always going to be. It's like any form of crime. You know, one minute we're on top of it and then it gets away from us again. It just happens. You know, the crime figures have just come out and Rick Nugent sort of mentioned, oh, look, you know, um, yeah, the, the figures are low, but don't be dis deceived by that because, um, you know, the fact is, you know, COVID, and all these people were, you know, staying at home like they're supposed to. Yes, we'll, we'll get there, but it's a matter of um, can we do better? Of course we can. Of course we can. You know, it's really, um, it's, it's spreading what a gang is all about and getting people to understand that, and that way they know what to look at it. And also then those people that were asking to help us, well, then who do they then go and see to tell what they're seeing? You know, that sort of stuff. And, then, and look, and we're privacy mad these days. 
And so the, the school teachers probably think, oh, I can't really talk about this to someone because I'm, you know, it's protected. But it's really well, well, you're not doing the right thing in the sense, in that, in that sense, because you're not helping that kid, and you're not helping the the, the, the next victim. That's going, that's going to be the, the fallout from it all. You're now retired, Pat, enjoying retirement. Are you going to continue to work in this area? Yeah, definitely will. I'm trying to find the time at the moment, which sounds uh, pathetic because <laughs> every, every day is now Saturday. But uh, I'm really passionate about it and I'm gathering as much material as I can, usually academic material from all around the world, just looking at what looking at things, but also concentrating a lot on the African community to see what, you know, what... what um, Studies have been done recently about what is happening with those communities because that's the community we have to help. Back when I was in the Asian squad, it was the Asian community. It was, it was just what it was. That's all, you know. And that's when we started seeing gangs, you know, within the Asian community. And what were they? They were the offspring of the second, third generation of the, of the refugees. And we've got exactly the, the same thing again. But um, yes, I'll, I'll, I'll want to write a book. You know, it'd be great. Um, I've got half the the work there already. Uh, work along with Les Twentyman to sit down and discuss what we're going to write about. But the idea being is actually to write about what is a gang, what's it all about and why, so that people can read the book and educate themselves. That's what I want to do. It's not, and also understand history and understand clothing, understand, you know, just all those things that people say that you've got no idea about. And it doesn't necessarily mean it's a trigger that that's a gang member. But you might want to look at it at home and say, oh, this kid's wearing this or he's doodling this or, you know, what, what are they doing and um, have a, a, an appreciation. But it's not going to be the, uh, uh, the encyclopedia of street gangs, you know. I don't want to educate the wrong people. <laughs> yeah, but it's just to give an appreciation about it and under, have a uh, respectful view about why these kids get into gangs and, um, and the, some of them, you know, face some of the hardships they've been facing. Well, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure sitting with you on the Crime Couch today, Pat. Thanks very much. Loved it. Thanks for joining me. I'm Rochelle Jackson, and I look forward to your company next time on the Crime Couch. <laughs>